Hello, I'm Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs, Stefan Eady, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'll be chatting with the Director of Library Services, Dawn Brock, our Pre-K-8 Librarian, Mary-Kate Foey, and our Upper School Librarian, Jordan West, about their summer professional development, what our libraries look like at Darlington, and some of our changes and upcoming updates to our spaces for next year. Thank you all for joining us today. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. So Dawn, Mary-Kate, and Jordan, uh, you all are three of our four librarians uh, at Darlington and are all brand new last year. So we reinvented the libraries at Darlington last year. Um, so one of the things that I, I say a lot to new faculty, and I remember saying this all to you, is uh, come in with your, with your eyes fresh and wide open and, and maybe act as a consultant for us for, for a year. So maybe you could start by just talking uh, to us about uh, what you saw, uh, number one, and then what your own thoughts are from your own different perspectives um, in terms of what y'all see uh, as a library because y'all have different backgrounds. So Jordan, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, so um, I'm Jordan and I'm the upper school librarian, as Stefan said. So I came from a student life background, um, which was kind of a different perspective. I got my undergraduate degree in English and then I worked in student life at a boarding school. And while I was there, I got my master's to do um, library stuff. And um, so I came into it with I think a different perspective, not having experience in the library, but having experience working with students. And I think that allowed me to transition really well into Darlington because I was thinking I was going to have to work really hard to get students to come into the library, to promote the space, to get them excited about being in the library. But I, when I got to Darlington, I was so, I was delighted really to find out that that was not a problem, that you know students were already using this space. They were not afraid of being in the library. They were happy to be here. It was a hangout spot for them. And so um, that's something I observed this year. And as I was making these connections with students, it was fun for me to kind of figure out what, what their needs really were for this space. And so as we kind of plan for next year and we're making a move, our thought is to really create a more intentional academic center for them. Um, we want students to be able to collaborate and work together and um, you know, spend time having important conversations about research and about what they're reading. And we want to be a hub for that. So that's something that you know, I saw when I started at Darlington, something I'm excited to kind of continue to push in that direction. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Um, and uh, I believe that our both of our libraries actually end up as a hub for student activities. And yeah. Mary-Kate down in Pre-K-8, um, you have quite a bit of activity in there. But it's different depending on the time of day. Maybe tell us a little bit about your perspective. Uh, yeah, so um, my name is Mary-Kate Boy. I'm the Pre-K-8 librarian. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting um, how the kids approach the library space um, in lower school. Um, it really is kind of like the center hub of the school, as you guys have pointed out. Um, so I came from a private school um, previous to this, so a small private school in Florida, and then prior to that, I was in a public library. And one of the things that we talk about a lot in a public library is this idea of having a third space. 
um, for individuals. So you have your first space, which is your home. You have your second space, which is your work or your school. And then your third space. What is your third space? And what is that to our young people? Where is the place they go when they're not doing those two things? So they're here for school, but our library kind of functions as that third space. It's the place they go when they're not necessarily actively in class um, or not necessarily engaged in um, clubs or programs that the school offers. It's where they go to, to decompress, to explore, um, to hang out, to find new things. Um, and it kind of functions as that real social point for our kids to have at school so that they have that kind of a, a comfort feel when they come into our school. And I think it's really interesting how the school has made a point to cultivate that through offering um, breaks for our middle schoolers that they can then access the library um, on a relaxed level so it's not a class it's not a defined amount of you know you have to go and find this one thing and then come back as quickly as possible it's come exist in the library with no other reason other than to be there and let's see where that takes you does it take you to a conversation with a friend does it take you to a book does it take you to a game that you're engaging in um, you know i think one of the best things is watching some of our middle schoolers educate themselves in chess like that was something that was really fun to watch throughout the year that they they didn't start there they didn't start playing that game they started with a couple other games we offered but eventually progressed to um, playing chess having short tournaments and even checking out some of our strategy books on chess to then get better at it so it's really interesting to see how that plays out that's great and uh, you even have uh, spaces you might not expect in the library like a makerspace uh, places for kids to engage in lots of different ways absolutely um so we have the makerspace that is connected to the library and actually we'll talk i think we'll probably talk about our changes later but we started to integrate that makerspace even more into the library space now so that it is um, accessible it's visible so the kids can see what's available in there more readily um, and it just gives them that next level of i've found an idea while i'm here let me take it and do something with it that's great. So, uh, so Dawn, uh, our veteran librarian, uh, <laughs> yes. as uh, the director of library services, you're sort of one school, full school coordinator. So maybe we zoom out a little bit and, and uh, okay. think about what it looks like from your perspective. Well, this is a new perspective for me because I worked 32 years um, in public school, 28 of those I ran library media centers, um, pre-K up to 12. So my new role was interesting and is interesting still because um, I get to experience all the levels here at Darlington and get to watch these wonderful colleagues work really hard at making sure the library is, not to overuse hub, hub, the Grand Central Station, we want as many patrons in the library as possible. We want it very vibrant, very robust, full of energy, um, lots of learning going on and lots of collaboration going on. So I'm really excited about next year's changes, which I know we're going to get to, but um, it, it was a great year last year and can't wait for this year to, um, to work off of what we did last year to make it even better. Yeah, so I, I've laughed with you all separately about the, that, that direction. I think I, I, not direction, but that advice I gave you all, like, come in and for fresh eyes and don't expect <laughs> that anything's just set in place. Like, you know, Darlington is a, is a very growth-oriented school. You know, we'll make some changes. And then at some point I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you all really <laughs> took that to heart. <laughs> take it seriously. <laughs> take it seriously. 
So uh, it wasn't long into uh, any of your all's uh, tenure here that y'all started making sketches on paper and thinking about changes um, and, and got us all very excited about maybe some new potential. So uh, I don't, we can start wherever you like. Maybe we start with the pre-K to eight library, Mary Kate or Dawn talking about like what, what you saw there and, and what, you know, why you, why you're thinking about some changes. Well, the forefront of every decision has been what is best for the students here. And it, it, once again, it did not take long working in this space to say we can make this even better. Let's um, reimagine, which is what Mary Kate did, and I'll hand that to her, reimagine the space at Thatcher to make it more user-friendly for, for the students. Well, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've always tried to do in my career when I've started new somewhere else, because you never have fresh eyes on a situation again, is always to make a, a folder of big plans, the stuff that you might not have the clout to get started on, the stuff that you might not have the institutional knowledge to really make work well. Um, and that's always kind of been a habit I've had. Um, and this year you emptied my folder. Like I had a folder <laughs> in about two months. I'm like, okay, these are all the, the great things that we can kind of look to the future. Let's see how it plays out. Let's, and then it was, and then it was gone um, and it was empty. <laughs> so um, I've, I've been really just floored by how quick the school is to embrace change, um, how willing it is to, to look at a situation and evaluate what works best for our students, um, what is going to serve us now in five years from now and 10 years from now, and to really invest in that idea that we are ever growing and ever improving. Um, and I think we, we made that kind of investment with, um, with what we're doing as libraries in general, but um, from my perspective, we looked at was the, the physical space that we had really serving the needs of our students and making the library feel like that, that place that they could exist. And we saw the ways we could adjust, um, the things that we could change and tweak and rip up carpet and dig into concrete and do the whole nine yards. And we found ways to make the room just function a little bit better for our students to find what they're looking for, to settle in and read something, um, and to use the maker space. Um, to use the resources that we have over there um, the best way possible for an entire class, not just small groups of kids, a few at a time. And you were tasked with um, making sure it was a space pre-K to eight grade, which is difficult. You did a great job. <laughs> and it's welcoming and usable for all the ages. And we really do want to like, that is a very important point that you have such a, a wide range of development um, such a wide range of maturity, such a wide range of seat height um, that you have to consider when you're looking at an integrated library like ours. How do we make sure that those students on, on all levels are finding a space that says this was meant for you and this is a place for you? Um, making sure they can all see that at least somewhere. Definitely there are some parts that lean more towards one age group or the other, but we wanted to make sure that there was something there for everyone. So you've moved the circulation desk mm -hmm. for various reasons, right? I love my new desk. It's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I mean, you literally picked it up and sawed it up and moved it. I cut uh, it in half. <laughs> cut it in half. Surprisingly, not the first desk I've asked somebody to cut in half. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just it made sense. Um, it gives us a great vantage point for the room, and it centralizes the, the front desk so that it puts the librarians who are the help and the guide for the space 
in the middle of the room where we are more accessible to students, we can keep a better eye on everything that's going on, and we can kind of tap into what we see kids doing and where we see them going and what we see them getting into. So if Paige is helping a student find a book, and I am at the desk and I hear a conversation about another student who's trying to find something, I can jump in. Yeah, and as we were just saying, I think it helps you manage the space for such a diverse age level mm -hmm. of student. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking yes. about not just the student's behaviors and the needs and the collection itself, um, you know, in spaces where they may be reading or engaging or you may be teaching or they may just be sitting at a surface producing or creating something. Um, there's a lot more variety in there now and a lot more ways for the, 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 the adults in the room, I think, to engage with the kids when they're in there. You got some new furniture, mm -hmm. um, which has to be updated after a while because students use it. Mm -hmm. They it, very it, much it do. It degrades. <laughs> you got um, some new color in the space. Those kind of aesthetics are kind of fun too, but it's nice to think about the purpose that was behind it. Mm -hmm. Definitely got in some, some great new furniture and have created um, kind of some pod type space where kids can be sitting, socializing, working, reading. Um, it has that flexibility um, that they can kind of feel like they have their own little nook or their own little corner to be in. Um, and it doesn't feel like every space is just part of the library as a whole, but rather it's kind of its own little community spaces. Yeah, and you all did a great job rolling up your sleeves and moving books and all the hard work. Oh, that we still are. Still doing <laughs> it's that. It's a lot of boxes. a lot of books. <laughs> we have to give a shout out to Tiger Pride. Oh yes. Who, through their generosity, allowed that to happen. Yes. It was it was a pretty big undertaking. Yes, yes. So big thanks. Um, yeah, lots, lots of sources to support these projects. Um, and, you know, let's talk about the upper school for a little bit because it, it's the same. It, it had a lot of, lot of supportive hands to make that happen. Um, maybe a little more substantial of a change. So, yeah. um, you, Dawn and Jordan, y'all came in and um, immediately recognized how the library is a physical space that over the years really turned into a student center. Yes. Yes. Uh, for those both for size, you know the capacity of it, um, you know how it was furnished, uh, just how it was used, um, and um, so y'all started getting some ideas. The students here need a large space, and um, it was it was very much a need that um, they used us for or used the space more for a student center. Um, we still hope in our new space it will be, it's not going to be a quiet library, but it will be a little more academic feel, we think, which will allow, will free up the space for all the other things that teens do, all the, all the fun, the TikToks and games <laughs> and um, other, other things that they need, just um, downtime during the day. Yeah, so to catch up those who are listening, um, the, uh, the Macaulay Kennedy Library is a, is a big, beautiful building. It was built as a library in the early 90s. Um, you know, it has a large open floor plan um, full of chairs and tables and books. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, again, over time, it, it was a space that students could find enough room to, to, mm -hmm. to be in. Um, and uh, the, the student space, I put that in quotes, that, that we had, which called the growl over there on the, on the other side of campus on Wilcox, uh, was nice. It was small though, and you know, ping pong tables and everything, and chairs and things you might expect. Um, so what we've done in short is flipped, mm -hmm. flipped them. So we embraced that this Macaulay Kennedy Library is a student center, and so we're gonna, we allowed it to be a student center. We're moving the student life into it. 
and we're taking the, the growl, which is actually a beautiful space. Oh, it's the prettiest real estate on campus. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, um, through, uh, through a couple of means, we can talk about that, um, done a pretty good reskinning, resurfacing, re re renovation, light renovation of that space, and it is going to become the new library for yeah, so light. So this summer we have painted, um, cleaned up just electrical and plumbing, because the back part of the growl was once a kitchen, a commercial kitchen. So now we have new paint, new flooring, bookshelves are coming next week. Um, and we hope that the feel there will be, using Mary Kate's words at, at the ALO conference, I love the when you said sleek. It's going to be a sleek, um, really cleaned up library that has a bookstore vibe. We're going to decorate the patio and just make it as welcoming for students and um, and um, look forward to, I can't wait to move in. <laughs> 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 Maybe next week, very soon, very soon. Yeah, I think, you know, for us it was so important to be intentional with our space and using the, the library as a student center like we've been doing the past year, it was a little bit confusing as to you know what was the intent of that space. Is it supposed to be an academic center? Is it supposed to be a hangout spot? What is it supposed to be? And it kind of just conglomerated into being all of the things. And with this new change, we are allowing for the intent of this building to be that downtime for those for the students and on the weekends for the sporting students to have somewhere to watch movies, um, somewhere where the student life staff that will be here with those students and then on the other side of that coin the new library space will be an intentional academic center and it will be that space for students to come together and work on projects and read and just to set those intentions for the space I think will really help it will allow us to serve our students with where what their needs are in the best way we can. You know, and my compliments to you all, um, as y'all discovered, I mean, these are conversations that had happened a little bit over time, yes. uh, but it took some vision <laughs> on your part. And also, I mean, change is not easy. No. And so it, it took the, the wherewithal and the gumption to, to take that leap forward and plan. And, and this didn't just happen overnight. We, we've been talking about this since the fall. Um, and then there were some opportunities <laughs> that came along. You mentioned Tiger Pride and the support of the school. Um, we had a um, sort of a surprise uh, a donor gift come through um, that ended up being a great cross between their interests and our needs and it all, all signs pointed to go. Yes. Um, and it, it seemed like late in the year we pulled the trigger and then we all got to working really hard to make this yeah. happen. So yeah, excellent. Um, and then just to bookend that, uh, the Student Life Office has now moved into the what we're going to call the Macaulay Kennedy Center now. Nice. Um, yeah. We've got some signage work to do on that, a little <laughs> bit more work to do before school starts here in a few weeks. Um, but the, the spaces, I think, are going to be really nice um, and inviting. Um, so as you look into next year uh, and those spaces, um, what are, what are some things you're excited about besides just a new space is in terms of uh, working with students in those new spaces? Well, I'm looking forward to, for Jordan specifically, the back part of our new library, we have a classroom. So she had to go to classrooms last year to teach, to do her lessons. And we're excited that this year they can come to us, which will also sell the other parts of the library. More books, we hope, will be checked out. Although we did a great job last year with the <laughs> circulation. Um, but I'm looking forward to 
the classes coming to us mm -hmm. in that back library space. Yeah, and just continuing to establish that space as what we hope it will be is just a place where they can research and um, come and ask those questions and this continue to grow those skills. I think I'm excited about about them understanding this is what the space is for and this is how we can utilize these tools. So it's, it's always really fun to talk about space because it's very seen and tangible and concrete. Right. Like right. this is very exciting because this is these are two new beautiful spaces. Um, but um, you know, in terms of you know what most people sort of assume that librarians do, like, there are also kinds of assumptions. But um, for, for for a school like us, a librarian serves many roles. Uh, so you mentioned the classroom. I thought that was great. I'd like to to kind of play off that for a minute uh, because that classroom involves um, not just um, welcoming students in and, and books and circulation. Mm -hmm. It involves teaching. Right. You mentioned right. research a couple of times. Um, there, there's a lot of work that you all do with teachers. Uh, so a lot of faculty support works, uh, helping teachers the resources and those kind of things. Um, and then so so maybe for a second, let's just talk about the you know the the, the profession that you all are as librarians. Um, and and maybe let's talk all about the conference that you all just attended, uh, which was the uh, American Library Association. Uh, conference. Maybe tell us a little bit more about that, um, you know, and, and try to help our, our listeners learn a little bit more about like what, what are the things that you are learning as professionals that you that you are going to bring back to the school in these fun new spaces, but in, in practice. Well, this was my first time to attend the ALA conference. Of all of my years being library media specialist, um, that's what they call media part. Um, so I was really blown away with how much was going on at the conference. It's, um, it's initially very overwhelming when you see, you know, you have it's 20 huge. sessions you can attend. It's, it's, it's just huge. huge. The exhibit hall is just huge. So by day three, I finally, I think, got it figured out. Had it figured <laughs> out to use my time. But it was, um, it was just really eye-opening. There were people from all over the world at this conference, literally, internationally. Mm -hmm. um, they had come over for the ALO conference. Um, I got some really practical information. My favorite session was with a teacher who, um, who just um, promoted how she promoted books in her, in her space, in her, in her classroom. So that was probably my favorite session. I also attended one on leadership at becoming a director and I thought that personally was very helpful for me. Um, I don't, what was your, what do you think your favorite one? Um, I think hands down my favorite part was the independent school, uh, school section tour. Oh, yes. That was the best. It's a, it's a pre-conference session and I've been to um, a couple of ALA conferences in the past but I've never really been able to either get the availability to go on a pre-conference day or to justify the cost of going for a pre-conference tour. Um, and this year, because we did it as a grant um, and because the school is just so wonderful about this kind of stuff, um, we were able to, to get tickets for the, um, the independent school tour. Um, so every year, wherever the annual conference is for the Library Association, um, the independent school section does a tour of a handful of um, private school libraries in the area that the, um, the conference is in. So we got to go and spend a day visiting three separate amazing private schools really? in the greater Chicago area um, and just see what they're doing, see what's working for them, um, see what you know we might want to take back to us to see it not just as a conference session but as a practical application of here's here's what we're doing with with our library. Um, 
And honestly, I think the first one was my favorite. Oh, so and nice. I'm going to mess up the name of the school. It was either Francis Parker or Parker Francis. I can't <laughs> remember. Um, but uh, the school was a, a pre-K through 12 school like ours. Um, and they had a single fully integrated library for PK through 12, which was kind of notable mm -hmm. to me. Um, you don't see that very often because of the wide ranges of needs for those different age ranges. Um, so it was really interesting to see how they addressed that with how they used um, flexible shelving and flexible seating to make sure that their library could accommodate whatever age group happened to be visiting at the time. Um, and I think the other thing I really liked about that one was that um, they were the one school where their maker space was not just integrated into the library space, but integrated into their library curriculum. So everything they did in library curriculum had some kind of um, STEM or STEAM um, project that extended, like a book that they would read that then would have a small programming project they would do, and then artwork to follow up with it. They would connect what they were doing in library class with these fabulous projects um, and I just kind of looked at that and I saw this is the direction that I think we want to go at Darlington this is this is where we're going already this is what we're we're starting to do here already so this is kind of that connection to us that I could see what I think we really want to have here um, and so I really feel like I took a lot out of that the other two schools we went to are great too but that one just blew everything out of the yes. water yeah. yeah school visits are always Great sources of inspiration. Mm -hmm. yeah, easy sources too. Very much so. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I can steal this and I can steal that, and that's a great idea. I'm and wait, take that a lot, of, a lot of it though was we're already doing that. Oh, there was there was a lot of that. Test, like so. we could we could definitely yeah. recognize like the parts where it was like, oh, this this makes sense because this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. yeah. But now you wrote a grant, Jordan, right, for a technology conference. I so did. So there'll be another podcast. Yes, yes. Well, and I went to that conference in November, so I did get to go to some library sessions there. Would you like me to talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. About yeah, that. yeah. Um, so this was the Georgia Educators and Technology Conference. It was in Atlanta in November. And um, though it was not specifically for librarians, there was a, a segment of sessions that were designed for library media specialists. And so I got to attend a handful of those um, and it was just all, I was just soaking in all this information. But I was, I was thinking that my favorite session that I got to go to there was also led by a teacher. And she was talking about how to, the weeding process, which is something librarians do that is not a, at all a glamorous part of the job. Weeding is just sorting through the books and deciding which books need to stay on the shelves and which books need to go and that's based on a lot of different things you know have they been have they been checked out in the last five or ten years and if so has it been once or has it been twice um, or is that information outdated uh, and do we need to replace it with something new or is the book in good physical condition there are a lot of different factors but um, I just got some really good ideas from this session about how to utilize faculty and base your collection really upon what it is their curriculums are focusing are focusing in on so I hosted um, a weed and feed uh, which this the conference gave me the idea of and so I had the history department come and um, we set up like a coffee bar with some treats for them and we just invited them to come throughout the day and um, sort help me sort through one of our the 900 section which in the, in the nonfiction section is the the history section and just I had them you know pull things off the shelves that they thought they would 
want to keep on the shelves, things that were relevant to what they were doing, things that could potentially add to you know what they wanted to do in the classroom in the future. And then they also helped by marking books that they thought needed to be to be moved to another collection or needed to be updated. And that got them really excited about what they were going to teach, but also recognizing, okay, well, I'm having students do a project on um, the Middle East and all of our books we have in the Middle East really needed to be replaced. And so that gave me some insight onto what, what my next book order was going to look like. And um, just the idea for even hosting an event like that came from a conference and just things that had worked for other teachers in the past. So it's so beneficial, I think, to just learn from other educators and what's worked for them and how we can, how we can use it to make our space better. Yeah, yeah. And you all uh, do a really great job at, um, at making the space really um, intriguing, I think, for, for <laughs> people you. to come into and yeah. engage with the books. And uh, you, you had some really, really cool uh, like book displays. <laughs> that like, is Jordan's super fun. That is like some really fun <laughs> stuff. So like I remember the Valentine's one where you can yeah. un unwrap your... Can't remember that was fun. Terminology. Blind date with a book. Blind date yes. With a book. <laughs> yes, that was a fun one. That got kids really excited about checking out books, and that's something you know we don't always have. So yes, I this was not an original idea. None of I feel like none of the ideas we use are original. We all borrow from each other, but make it our own. Um, so yes, I wrapped just a you know a couple of dozen books up in brown paper, and I put a sticker on them that had the genre. And then I wrote a quote from one of the reviews on the front. And so the, the deal was that the students had to check out the book without knowing what the title was, just knowing what, the, what was the genre and what was the quote from the review. And then they checked it out. And if they read the book and sent me a little video review of it, then they got a Starbucks gift card. So oh, wow. that pulled in some non-readers into the game. <laughs> and it was really, really fun too. So. Um, yeah, I hope to do more more things like that. But that's just to you know catch the eyes of people who might not normally be coming in to pick out a book. Yeah, well, there there may be some people who are listening that um, may still be surprised that one of the goals of libraries is to <laughs> yes, encourage yes. reading. Yeah, we and still do that. Our students do read and check out books yes. and, and all those good things. Um, so I know that that is always a consistent goal. But, and maybe as we start to wrap up here, I can just ask like, uh, what what are some other goals you know, that y'all have in mind for next year that you, that you're uh, that you're looking to, to make happen to increase circulation even more I think in the fall of last year I know when Jordan did a report we had increased substantially from the year before 100 percent it was a lot so you always want more circulation um, in, a, in a library and of course in our new space to have patrons we want we want customers um, Mary Kay will not have a problem with that in her yeah. beautiful new <laughs> Grand Central Station. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> so I think to maintain circulation, to um, make sure we have plenty of patrons coming in and that we meet their needs and always can get better. We can always improve. I know one thing we're doing across the board will be in increasing research. We're going to add a research curriculum that Mary Kate headed up with one of the professional development sessions so that's exciting very exciting very exciting we're, we're just looking it's interesting because we have such great pieces there's so much research that is going on at different points in the school and we're just looking to make um, some intentional connections um, between the pieces of what we're doing from one grade level to the next from one class to the next you know it, it's it's easy to say that down in like fourth and fifth grade but when you start getting up into eighth grade, ninth grade, where you have different classes with different groups of students um, at different times of the year, 
it can be sometimes hard to really make sure you're making those connections across the research curriculum. So we're looking to be a little more um, intentional about doing that. And I think just in general, my goal for next year would be to try and increase the connections that we're making with, with students and with information so that they're seeing those bits and pieces kind of work together to be a little bit um, a little bit more reactive and to try and follow the students a little bit more with what we do in library um, as a class um, for when I have classes and what we do as, as a support structure for other classes to make sure that we're you know, really encouraging them to find their passions in our collections and to explore those passions in our spaces. Um, I think next year for me, I'm looking forward to continuing to um, go through our collection that we have and making sure that it is relevant and that it is fitting the needs that our teachers have. And then in that same thought process, I also really hope to continue to grow those relationships with faculty because that's a huge part of what we do as librarians is to connect with the faculty and see kind of what's coming up in their curriculum and how we can support them with the research materials that we have and potentially host them for a class um, using a research database or something like that. So I just want to continue to build those relationships with faculty and um, allow them to, to utilize our space in, in ways that can, can help them. Yeah, I think you've done a great job reinvigorating that relationship with faculty in the library this past year, and that's a lot of feedback that I've gotten from them, and that's great. And, um, and I'll say one of my favorite parts are just some of the events that you do. I put events in quotes, but you know, if it, whether it's a, 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 an author coming to visit or you just you have, you're decorating pumpkins with a literary theme with gingerbread houses <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a theme and tied to a rumpus or something. Um, those are always great fun uh, because you see uh, new and old faces coming to the library mm -hmm. and, and connecting. Um, any, any last tip that you might have for a student or parent or faculty in terms of how they can best take advantage of these resources that you have to offer? I mean, the best advice that I would give is, is ask us. We're, we're here. We're here to be a resource, not just to the students, obviously to the students, but, but also to families, to parents trying to find um, a book to challenge their child or something to help them work through a difficult emotional situation um, or something to just keep them entertained and keep them engaged over the summer. Um, and that's where I'm going to put in my shameless plug for my summer reading program, ask your kids about but no, we're here to be a resource for the whole school, for students, faculty, and families. Um, so please make use of us. Um, we're, we answer emails. We take phone calls sometimes. <laughs> um, and we're here. We're here. We want to we wanna be part of that community. Yeah, I appreciate that. I've done that with my own daughter. You know, I think I went to you, but then I also went to her like, go ask Miss Bowie for a suggestion. <laughs> and she did. We and got her on to a series there. She's like, so when's book two coming out? And I was like, I can't make it come out. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again for joining us um, for this podcast, Dawn, Mary Kate, um, and Jordan. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, all the new energy that you put into this program in, in just a year, or even technically less than a year at this point. Um, and uh, really looking forward uh, to, to next year and new spaces um, and new programming, um, and can't wait to see uh, how that, how that uh, infects our students and faculty and our parents as well. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschoolorg slash podcast. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. 
The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast.